1: It's played before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins
0: Saturday. All right, you guys, you guys ready to go? Mm-hmm. All yes. right, you're listening to the Sportsman's Nation podcast network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Uh, go check out Interstate Batteries because they're awesome, right? Right. You've had good experience with Interstate Batteries before, right, Ryan? Yeah, I have. As a matter
1: of fact, whenever my factory ones go out in my power stroke, that's what's going back in.
0: Boom. There you go. Interstate Batteries. Check them out. <laughs> you know, you got to pay the bills. That's right. All right. So we're here in Louisville, Kentucky in our hotel room after the first day of of the Archery Trade Association show. And first question okay, first off, we're sitting here with Ryan Eiberg. He's pretty much like my right hand man, right? Yep. You hang out with me a lot. We're friends. That's right. Right. And we have Rook, the rookie. The rookie. <laughs> the rookie to yep. the ATA show, Garrett Prawl from DIY Sportsman. He's on the Sportsman's Nation. First question goes to you, Garrett. What do you think of the ATA show? This being this is your first first time
2: yeah so I mean size wise I'd say it was probably about what I was expecting maybe a little bit bigger yeah um, what I think I like about it compared to just like a standard sportsman type show is that there's less people walking around yeah. so you actually feel like you can get a little bit more one-on-one time with all the booths
0: focus a little bit more on the uh, on the product and what they're what they're selling right yeah okay so other than that I mean and we're going to get into into the the products that we kind of thought stood out today but um what uh anything else about being your first time I and mean, like were you anticipating it being something different than it was or did you have a pretty good idea of just from talking to other people
2: No, I think I had a decent idea just from all the YouTube video coverage yeah. that I've seen in the past.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, so we're just going to we're we're jumping right into this and the task I was in a lot of meetings today and I didn't have time to go look at all the booths like I would have liked to. So I said Ryan, Garrett, why don't you guys walk around the show and find some something that's worth talking about that's awesome. And I don't I don't mean like hey, check out the new color paint job on this bow <laughs> from this big company like ooh, that's that's not innovative, right? Yeah. All right, so I think what I'll do is, Ryan, I'll start with you. What Name Name the first product that stood out to you at the ATA show. 2019. Here we go. What is it?
1: Um, well, I think it was probably the uh, the Peep. The Peep site. The Peep site. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm a little embarrassed. I don't even remember the name of it. Total, total Peep. Total, total Peep. Total Peep. Yep. Yeah, Total Peep. That thing was awesome.
0: And what okay so what did this what did this product do?
1: So um, you know whenever whenever you draw your bow back typically you will have some degree of rotation of your peep. Yep. I mean unless you you have like that little that string that deal, that tube. Yeah, the tube, tube, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that breaks and whatever and wears out. Yep. Well, um, they have designed a, a peep with an aperture large enough like basically a cone on on either side. That allows for twenty degrees of rotation in any direction and still maintain um, center. Yeah, you know, without like getting that oblong look or cutting off part of your sight or anything like right. that.
0: Right. And I tell you what, when when you guys were over there and I I kind of showed up late to that booth and looked at it, the first thing I thought of was how many times do I before I practice in my backyard do I twist that peep just a little bit? Yep, <laughs> it's or, habit. Yeah, all the time yeah. I do it. So, and then even when I get to the tree stand, I draw back, let go, you know, twist the peep to make sure it's lined up so that when the deer does come by eventually, then, you know, I'll shoot it. You you also uh, were at that booth, Garrett. Yep. You did a video on it. So, and by the way, Garrett's putting out some videos on the DIY Sportsman YouTube channel. So make sure all you guys listening, go check that out too. But what were your thoughts on the total peep?
2: So I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, when I first saw the pictures of it, I wasn't exactly sure what it was or what made it so unique. But once the guy started explaining it, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I have that problem."
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what's cool about it's so simple, right? It's it's so simple, and at the same time, it's very functional. And I feel that at the at a at a show like this, man, they have to fight to get like. I don't know. Get noticed at yeah. this show because so ma- so many bigger brands and bigger companies have just oodles of people coming to them. A lot of the time, that a company like this completely gets looked over. Yeah, they did, yeah, because
1: they were here last year or they were at Indie last year.
0: Oh, really? Yep, absolutely. Well, wow, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: and we didn't notice them. No, yeah. no, we didn't. The other thing about the site that's cool is it has uh, a, an uneven finish to it. So, you don't get a lot of light reflection. Oh, yeah. That was the other cool thing about it. Yeah.
0: I, really, I, uh, I instantly saw something with that peep that I, I definitely put that on my bow. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially, like, I don't have the greatest form. Mm-hmm. So, any little twist or 20 degrees rotation here and there, man, that would... I wonder, do you think, Garrett, do you think that would, even with the rotation and keeping it full circle would i guess
2: hinder the shot the accuracy so to speak no I, don't, I think it's better the way they have it set up if you're gonna have peep twist it'd be better to have it with that type of system than a traditional peep yeah because otherwise a normal peep you're lining it with your housing but then as soon as your string rotates a little bit you're starting to see the sidewalls of the peep site and yeah. it's it's affecting what your brain actually thinks is the the round aperture that you're trying to line up with your sight. yeah so with that where the aperture actually is, it's just a really thin wall you're not seeing the walls of the peep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's cool, man. Definitely something, uh, if I don't know the reason we're podcasting about it and talking about it right now is because it's something that we, we think everybody should go check out. So, uh, total peep, I think it's just totalpeep.com, right?
1: Yeah. And something else, something else that's worth mentioning about it is that it looks super heavy. Yeah. I and mean, you look at it like that thing has to weigh a ton. Yeah. It's a polymer. So it's real
2: light. It's super light. The biggest one they had, I think their quarter inch one was like eighteen grains, eighteen grains, which is fairly heavy. I mean, most peeps I think are like in the ten to twelve. Yeah, but their smaller peeps were very comparable or even lighter. I think. Yeah.
0: So, so the normal peep that a guy would put on his string. Do you happen to know what what something like that? You said twelve. I think They're, grains?
2: Like, they're, they're like nine to twelve grain range, I believe. Same opening size. Yeah. One-eighth and 3 Yeah, so three from one-eighth up through like a quarter is like the most common sizes.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, I, I thought that was cool. Anything else about Total Peep that you guys thought st-
2: stood out? Yeah, there are other little side products. I thought the handheld release holder was a unique idea, especially for spot and sock. Explain what that is. So they have a little rubber grabber piece. Um, the best way I can maybe explain it is if anybody has a a, a drop-away rest on their bow and they put a little rubber sticker in front of that rest to be able to hold their arrow in place and it kind of pops up out of the way. Yep. Right, so that type of system, but they put that little rubber bracket or holder on the handheld release itself. So when normally you'd hook a handheld release on your string, you latch, latch it down, you let go of the release, and then the thing's just free to flop around. Mm-hmm. Right, but if you attach this little rubber grabber onto the the handle of the um of the release you can just turn it down and hook it onto the string or just snap it onto the string essentially it doesn't make any noise because it's a, a nice soft rubber but then it basically holds that handheld release tight against the string and prevents it from sort of rattling around yeah yeah i saw that that was, that was uh pretty cool i'm a i'm a wrist at this time i'm a wrist release guy mm-hmm. what do you shoot uh, I shoot a, a wrist mostly, but I I use a lot of handhelds for practicing in the summer. Yeah. And at some point, I might move to a thumb for hunting too. Yeah. Yeah. I've
0: always wanted to do it, but for some reason, I just keep going back to a, a wrist release every year. But yeah, and the way you know when he when he was shaking that bow, that that release was there and it wasn't moving at no, all. Huh? And all he did was unclip it, and then now he's instantly into the into the draw of the bow. Yeah. So. Um, they also had a couple other products that company did, uh, the, the, the hip quiver hip quiver.
2: Yeah. So it was essentially a bracket that allows you to use any quiver as a hip quiver it hooks onto your belt and then you can adjust the angle. So as he was explaining it, most of the time with hip quiver, one of the issues is it sits a little bit lower on your thigh, or maybe even has a strap that goes around your thigh. So when you walk, your thigh is going back and forth and your arrows are acting like a flag waving back and forth yeah. up by your side. Uh, but this quiver holds the arrows up higher and tight to your body, so they don't wave around as much. And then, if you are, you know, either walking or crawling on the ground, you can adjust the angle so that those arrows aren't digging into the ground. And the, and the the way he had it, the arrows would go back up behind
0: your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm, correct. Yep. Do you do you think for a spot and stock th- that that would be out of the way enough, as opposed to on your bow?
1: You can change the angle of where the orientation of right. it with that mounting.
0: So the first thing I thought of when he's doing this is our elk hunt, <laughs> uh, right? Right, and how much m- movement we were actually doing, mm-hmm. and how much shit we had to walk through on, on every ten feet, right? We were climbing right. over a tree. Do you think that that application would work in in that scenario?
1: I don't know. I I'd be a skeptic for and, that for that particular situation. Yeah. I think like plain hunting, mm-hmm. you know or something uh like that maybe it might work better some some open more open woods but I don't know there's too much up and down I think you're you're
2: bound to lose something
0: yeah yeah would would you consider using a product like that ever
2: I don't know that I would I'm yeah. not much of a hip quiver guy but i I know Bobby Boswell is really interested in it
0: yeah so so he he uh he likes to have stuff around his waist. (laughs) How do I ask, how do I ask that question? (laughs) I've I've always liked to be free, like moving around the hips and knees and legs and stuff like that. And not like,
2: well, I think part of it too, is just having less stuff on your bow. Yeah. Right. You you don't have a quiver on your bow at all. Not only is it a little bit easier to maneuver your, your bow itself around, but you got a lot less wind resistance. If you are on a planes hunt or something like that, a lot Mm -hmm. less wind drag to grab on. Um, And then it's just lighter overall, lighter package, so it might be a little bit easier to balance. If you're the type of guy that wants to practice in the off-season without a quiver on, you just got your arrow sitting in like a tube or something, then that's what you're used to. And then you go and strap a normal quiver on your bow, and you're all of a sudden adjusting the balance and the weight that you're used to. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, anything else from that company? I don't think so. Uh, They had a, a stick on... Rubber grabber, I think, for the arrow rest oh, yeah. or in front of the grabber arrow rest rubber. just to hold the arrow in place. But I've seen stuff like that before. Yeah,
0: nothing yeah. too crazy there. All right, Garrett, what's the next one?
2: Uh, I think the the big one for me, if anybody, mean, was the, the Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Yeah. And not just for the stand and the sticks, but they had a couple other products that were unique. I think, number one, that arrow system that yeah. they had. And, I mean, we'll talk about this with the other guys also, but the way that they explained how it could – Sort of keep a lung a lung collapsed in a non pass through hit. Yeah, was very intriguing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and how that
0: and how that would would drain the blood out of the back end of the arrow mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a two part system that goes on this arrow, right? And so they created it. From my understanding, they created it for helping to drain blood, right? Yep. But what I guess it did on a completely accidental scale listening to Cody talk and like I said for everybody who's listening to this uh, I'm gonna me and Garrett are gonna do another podcast with Cody and he's gonna run through all the, uh, the products but it actually created some kind of vortex inside of the arrow with air movement and it made the arrow faster
2: yeah so Basically, since the, the insert system that they have, or the component system, yeah. it's got a front component and it's got a back component. Yeah. Each one has holes in it, so it allows air or blood or whatever to go in to the shaft right behind the broadhead and then exit at the back end of the arrow. Yeah. So the intent, the intent was for blood, but then they found out that with air, air would be allowed to go inside that shaft as well and exit out the back. So it's like normally when you shoot an arrow, you got you know whatever your diameter of your shaft is that's your profile it's flying through the air and that's your your drag is coming from that yeah but it's basically reducing that that profile that drag profile because it allows air to go through the center of the shaft just like it goes through the outside of the shaft so your your overall profile that your drag is based on should be less according to what they were saying man and 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 they
0: were saying that that, that wasn't intended at all that was that right. just happened accidentally right so and that's that's uh, pretty cool now Obviously, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about what lone wolf, you know, you said there's a tree stand Yep. there's, did you, did you dig into the trail camera at all?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the trail camera, it is, I think right now just a standard trail camera, but it's made to be cell capable. Yeah. So they're, they're probably going to have that at some point, if yeah. not right away. And it's not just a camera, it's also a mounting system. So the right. mounting system, you put the bracket on the tree, it can be either screwed on or used with a strap. And then whatever angle that happens to be at, you can adjust it on kind of like a ball and socket system to point that camera wherever you want to point. Awesome. He was saying that there's an app that goes with it that you can ad- look at where the camera's pointing, and there's a zoom function within it. I don't know if it's a digital or if it's a, um, a more like optical zoom, but he was basically saying you can stick the camera up in the tree wherever you want it to be. You can You can back off from where you want the pictures to be taken, and you don't have to be right up on top of it. You can back off apply the zoom and then use the app to make sure it's pointed exactly where it needs to be pointed. And then you can be less intrusive when you go to check your cameras.
0: I would think that that would need to be a pretty big zoom on that in order to like not check your trail cameras, like to like if you were going to, if you were going to play around with the positioning of the trail camera, the zoom would have to be pretty big to make it less intrusive.
2: Yeah. yeah, I you mean, but if, if it allows you to set up your camera, say thirty yards off the trail versus you know fifteen feet off the trail.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that makes a good point.
2: I would just worry about like pixelation, you know,
1: with yeah. a digital zoom. If it's
0: yeah, if it's digital, so, being yeah. able to identify what walked through. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because if it's an actual, if it's. And, uh, optical zoom, I mean, that's more movement, more parts in there. It's probably drive up the cost. I would say it's going to be digital, but I, mean, well, I guess if, we'll find it, out. If they got
2: enough megapixels on the sensor, even if they're doing like a sensor crop or something, maybe they start off with 12 megapixels, apply the, the zoom or the crop or whatever, now they're shooting at three, that yeah. might still be good enough for what you're trying to get. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense. The other cool thing was a it's
1: like a rubber boot on the, uh, on the trail cam body itself, so in case it you know, after having it for out in the sun and and whatnot and, and weather, or if a squirrel coming along, and you know gets on it, yeah, you can change that boot. You can also change the color if it doesn't match the tree. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, so stand, trail camera, arrows, sticks. You've done a lot of videos about climbing methods. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you
2: think of these sticks? I like the portability of them. Yeah. I like the way that they're put together and they did a really good job at making them work well with the rest of the system. Mm-hmm. So like for me, climbing sticks, I'm a double step guy. I like double steps on all my climbing sticks for how easily I'm able to get into a tree. But the way that those things stack with their single step or single step design is really nice. Yeah. So break
0: it down real quick. I mean, just at a high level, how this all plays in together because the sticks and the stands are almost like it, they fit together like Legos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, break that down for us, real quick.
2: Yeah, so they're, there's like a basically like a pin and, and hole system that not only the sticks can stack together with, but also they can stack on the stand. The sticks themselves are intended to be stacked side by side instead of one on top of the other, like sticks are normally done, right? So, because they're using rotating V brackets and because they're using single steps, they can basically fold everything up so that it maintains like a three-quarter of an inch profile Mm -hmm. and then you can stack those things side by side lay them onto the stand and they're really not taking up a whole bunch of profile and because the components on the stand are made for the same type of spacing right there's just you can fit them nice and tight and they have the the many sticks they have the the longer length sticks you can stack them interchangeably meaning you could have like a couple long sticks a couple short sticks and still be able to to utilize that function yeah
0: do you, based off of the first impression, not even playing around with it yet, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's some additional functionality that we'll cover with Cody, but do you see this as a system that you would use? I mean, you're a harness guy now, mm-hmm. you're a, you're a, yeah. a saddle guy now, but do you do you see see this system being so good that it makes people go, oh my god, I gotta have it?
2: I'd say for the stand it's definitely yeah, definitely up there. Um sticks I th- there's just so many options for sticks. I think a lot of it comes down to personal preference. Yeah. If you want the the best packability in the system, then yeah, it, their system makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think the stand like you said there's a lot of extra features that weren't necessarily obvious that once they start talking about them it's like, "Oh, that's nice." Yeah. I would I mean, I think it had like a projected $500 price point. Yeah. That's probably something that I would I would pay to have a stand like that and just not use my old lone wolf anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the, the seat turned into a bench. Yeah. So you could carry pack meat out in it or put your pack on it or however, and Garrett's video will go. Like if you, if you're listening to this, like I said, go check out Garrett's video. Um, all right. So lone wolf obviously is another, uh, another came out with some innovative stuff. What was the other one? What was the other one that we... Uh, I think you, you were filming over there or something. Um, maybe not. For who, for Wait. Lone Wolf Custom? No, or? not for not for Lone Wolf. Uh, the next product that... Uh, let's see. Peak, oh.
2: Peak Refuel is one of the places I stopped, stopped by at.
0: Okay. So, yeah, let, might as well talk about
2: that. What was... Uh... Yeah, so Peak Refuel is one of the freeze-dried meal companies. Yep. It's kind of like Mountain House yep. or Alpine Air or anything like that. But what they do differently than the other guys is they're still using the same kind of process still freeze-dried but there's a lot of kind of small things that you can do within that process that makes a big difference in the end quality yeah so like when i tried their stuff back when i visited bobby it picks them up in utah yeah and i really liked it you open up the bag it looks like food inside yeah it doesn't look like a freeze-dried meal and what they were going to come out with was a except for uh, basically more flavors so yeah i think like four new meals and like two new breakfasts that they're going to come out with which is almost doubling their their options yeah. right now from what they did have so they're a pretty new company and and i really like their stuff a lot so i was pretty excited to see they're going to come out with more flavors yeah yeah uh, what do
0: you have do you have to know what some of these new flavors were
2: um no he didn't tell me what the newest ones were um but what for they the, currently have For the ones that they have now they have like a breakfast scrambler they have um like a beef dish a, a pork dish yeah. a chicken dish um there might be a vegetarian one or, or I can't remember but there's also a, a dessert one vegetarian Vegetarian Hey no shit It, sound, it for the sounds it must be for like the It know, sounds guy. weird but like for the alpine air stuff that I have tried in the past the favorite tasting one, the one I like to eat the most, is actually like a Himalayan lentils and rice. Really, They have that one seasoned better than any of their other products. I have to check that out. Yeah. Go sit over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't unplug. You're that. supposed to. You're supposed to use the vegetarian freeze dried meals and then top it off with some fresh killed meat. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Was There's that a, a burn? Was that yeah. a
0: burn on you? Did Rook burn you, Roy? <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see. I'm going to take the next one here. Uh, there's a company called Rack Hub. Did you guys see that? I think I did. It's uh, so it is a system. It's very low profile. You put it. You can put it on your wall, and you can drill into the base of your shed antler that you found That you've found, mm-hmm. or you know any antler really, and then you can put a um, an insert in there, and that insert then can go matches up there's a male and female end the male end is on the bracket on the bracket that goes into the wall and the female end is has been put into the shed antler right Mm -hmm. so now let's say you have a, a really good shed antler that you found you can find a way to display it on your wall but at the same time take it off handle it and put it back right so i have a ton of shed antlers that i would love to display better than how i have them displayed now Especially some of the big ones, right? Where they and they make a single and a like a match, so like a, for a match set, yeah. right? And uh, it's really it's really cool because they the measurement in between the two, it's like a ball joint, mm-hmm. right? And then on the ball joint is a a rot- this ball joint rotates, and then you can tighten it up when you've got them in the perfect position. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's something that all the other antler display systems that i've seen in the past are pretty big and i I've, I've never liked them until this one's really low
2: profile yeah so that's so, cool yeah
1: i think i saw it over there i think that was that one yeah. thing that i was messing with yeah
2: we we initially when we saw it sitting there cuz there's nobody there to to basically explain it yeah we were thinking it was like a system to be able to display your antlers like you just cut them off this call and display them we' are like yeah. oh this would be a really great way to make it look like the spread of your buck was about two inches bigger everything's flayed out yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah I uh, I met the I talked with the guys there pretty cool guys and uh, like uh, that product's made in America as of right now I don't know what their plans are in the future, but really cool uh, rack hub is the name of that company um, man, I thought we had another another innovative
1: out on the limb or out on a out on, out a, on limb. a limb.
0: Out on a limb. What did they do?
1: They had the um uh, the over the yeah. head okay, uh, yeah. like gimbal system for for, your,
2: for filming. For filming. <laughs> <laughs> they they've had that thing out in the past. Yeah. And I always thought to look kind of cumbersome. I didn't realize though. That the weight on that thing is like two pounds for the base, like four pounds for the articulating arms, and then like one pound for the the bracket that goes onto your your camera. I was anticipating that thing would be like ten pounds plus. Yeah. So that what was is your, interesting. What is your
0: camera arm that you use weigh right now?
2: Oh, uh, total probably under four
0: pounds. I under, think under four pounds. So
2: this wouldn't
0: like for you. You're you like to cut weight
2: and and be yeah as low profile. This isn't something that probably not yeah yeah but I, I could see how like for people who, who film for like a show or something and, and they care more about the quality of their footage than maybe i do yeah. it could be an interesting thing yeah
0: okay um one thing that was really cool about th- that was he also made a that was there is did he when you were talking to him did he say he was going to start manufacturing that saddle platform so Saddle hunters
2: the way it sounded to me was that Somebody from the saddle community asked him to make a custom saddle platform, gave yeah. him some some thoughts, and and then he went ahead and, and built up a prototype. Which, as soon as he posted a picture online, just like spread like nuts within that community. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if he has plans to actually do something like that long term. It seemed like kind of a one off thing that yeah. that got hyped up a lot. Um, but he did. He, he was very open to kind of understanding what the the needs are of the saddle users and, yeah. and kind of learn about that. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think you're better than everybody else <laughs> because you hunt out of a saddle?
2: Yeah, that's kind of the point. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> rookie. The here. whole community thinks that I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like CrossFit of hunting. <laughs> I tell uh, you what,
0: uh, I even got a message when, uh, when I shot my buck this year and this, uh, you know, just giving me shit, but he's like, yep, but you didn't shoot it out of a saddle. It'd be a lot cooler if you shot it out of a saddle, dude. My saddle,
1: my trad bow, (laughs) and my moccasins, you know.
0: Oh, that's funny. Um, Let's see here. Oh, he had a stand also. Oh, the stand, yeah. Yeah, which
1: was cool. Um, I mean, I thought it was going to be heavy as hell. There again, pick it up. It's all aluminum. I think he said it was seven pounds. Six and a half or seven pounds. Yeah, somewhere in that range. It's a lot smaller in profile as far as the platform and the seat, it was very comfortable though. Um, the guy has a, a great powder coating system. I mean, his powder coating was like flawless. That one had an enamel type um, coating on it. Yeah. But the uh, thing thing about it is though, it's its price points one seventy nine. I mean, it's
0: yeah. It's it's got a smaller it's got a smaller platform than most stands do. Mm-hmm. But I was it made me think how much of my stand do I actually use. And how much of my stand do I actually need, right? I mean, if you're going in on some kind of run and gun, real deep, I don't know, where the where you don't, maybe it's just going to be, you're only going to be there for an hour or two hours. You, you know, it's, maybe it's a late season hunt where you're just trying to catch this buck, head to a food source, and you just, something real tight and small. I can see something like that potentially working. Yeah. Uh, just to, but... Like it's for, for
1: those of us that don't want to go saddle. Yeah,
0: for those. Yeah, of course, of course. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like the, well, there's two ways to go lightweight, right? You can either spend five hundred dollars on a machined like stand like the Lone Wolf one, or you can go smaller in platform size. Yeah, like with that one. Yeah, and it
0: it and that was a two part system too, right? You strapped the main part of the stand on, and then you put the seat on. Separately. I think the seat went first. The seat went yeah, first? The seat went first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the the bar and the the platform go on second. That yeah. Kind of just yep. like they, they yeah. sit in there. Gotcha. Cool. What else? Anything that kind of stood out? I know we're going to do this again tomorrow night.
2: Yeah. But. Yeah. I know tomorrow I want to check out more trail camera companies. Yeah. I, I saw that Moultrie had a cell camera option for GLTE that I wasn't able to talk to anybody today about it, but. It looked like it was going to MSRP like around 180. Oh yeah, which would be significantly cheaper than a lot of the cameras that are out there right now.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we got uh, obviously sell. I wonder how long it's going to take for a company, a trail camera company, and it's got to be coming because they have it for residential use, right? To where I can log in to my trail camera and see what's going on there right now, right? a, a, a a connection, some kind of a connection system, mm-hmm. right? Where you have your app, you click on the app, open it up, click on, I don't know, view. You, it's just, it's basically a
1: video uh, camera in the woods. Video
0: camera in the woods that's relayed back to your phone automatically. How long? How long do you think that's gonna
2: gonna be? Next year? I think next year. Uh, yeah, I think the big thing is just how much is the data plan gonna cost yeah. for something like that? Yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's a that's a big one, but. I know some guys who would. I don't know if I would pay a lot of money for it, but I know a lot of guys who that who you know hunt more food plot type settings, uh, especially. I don't know if it if it can have all the functionality of a current trail camera, and then have the ability to do the basically security camera as well. I really think that 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 would bite, and I know a lot of guys, especially who hunt food plots, and would. Would definitely uh, find interest in that. Oh, yeah. Which kind of makes hunting not, not like, I don't know. Like, like too far? Yeah. Take technology. Like, I, have, I have a couple cell cameras, but I use those cell cameras to try to catch a thief this year. <laughs> right. Not, not necessarily, you know, for, for hunting purposes, but I, you know, that data is great, but like live feed, I think, would, for me, would just be too far. I don't know. Right. I don't know if I could get on board with that.
1: Well yeah, then when when are you going to start putting like uh, some sort of weapon on it? Yeah. Oh, I think I'll just shoot her right now, you know. Boom, done. Yep. Rotating. Woo! <laughs> well,
0: got to drive, yeah. you know, drive to Nebraska tonight <laughs> to tag it. Yeah. Hey, who says who says
1: you can't hunt from your couch? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show those assholes.
0: <laughs> you just opened up Pandora's box, man. Uh. <laughs> man, that's crazy. I bet you that's where it goes, though. I mean, it could possibly go that oh, far with technology.
2: Yeah. Huh. I mean, they got the technology on drones right now. Yeah. Obviously, the military does. Yeah. Oh, here we go.
0: Next step. Get killing drones from your t- I imagine there's guys
2: doing it for <laughs> hogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a FLIR thermal vision out there at night. <laughs> yep. Oh, cool. All right. Um,
0: so there's that one. Ryan, anything else? Not right now. Not right now? Nope. Any, anything else on your end?
2: Um, Hunter's Blend Coffee, I heard, is working on, they have something in the works for an in-the-field type of coffee that would be really convenient once they come out with it. So, like, individual packets, uh, or how that so work? So, like, kind of like an instantized coffee, but better quality. Yeah. Okay. So You just uh, add hot water to it? Right, and okay. it just dissolves in. So, like, for me, when I'm using coffee in the field, like, I got a little French-pressed Type system with yep. with my cook kit. That's what
0: we used on. That yeah, hunt, you know? it's
2: it's just a, it's a pain. You got to oh, do yeah. extra steps. You got to clean the thing out. Dirty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know.
0: Like I don't drink coffee in the mornings. I always end my morning hunt. Then I have a couple cups of coffee because you know what coffee does. Right? That's right. you oh yeah. Have to sky dump. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I I, uh, I I do sky dump. Oh but, yeah, you're a master of it. Yep. Yep. Okay, so instant coffee, anything else that you saw today?
2: Uh one thing I I didn't really see a lot of yet is something that I've been hoping is gonna come out just in, in boot type technology for whitetails is like the, the Cabela's lockdown system where you got kind of a gator integrated into the boot that you can yeah. pull up and, and lock down and it's gives you the support of like a hiking boot but then the waterproof of a rubber boot.
0: Yeah.
2: I've been hoping that some company comes out with something like that but makes it in a hip boot version. Yeah. And I just, I still haven't ever seen anything like that.
0: You mean for being able to pull it all the way up your
2: leg? Yeah. And I'm not talking even like a, uh, like a Dan's frog legs or something like that. Cause yeah. a lot, they have stuff like that, but they're usually always sewn onto or connected to rubber boots. Yeah. What I'd like to see is something more like what the Cabela's did with integrating a hiking boot, which okay. is for me is going to be a lot more comfortable. Yep. Um, and it's going to hang onto your foot a lot better yeah than most rubber boots it'd be easier to take on and off because you can tighten it or loosen it up as opposed to just trying to kick it off with the other shoe basically Mm -hmm.
0: and that would serve the purpose of crossing
2: waterways
0: to get to tree stand access right yeah okay all right let's see anything that uh you're gonna go check anything you guys are gonna go check out tomorrow
1: i'm gonna check out bows tomorrow yeah yeah i didn't get to do much
0: of that um so, here's this. So, the first bow that caught my eye walking into the uh, the show was bear archery, right? So, the reason it caught my eye is because last year, or, you know, a couple years ago when I was working with um, Gearhead, Gearhead, right? Double risers, mm-hmm. right? Now, you start to see a trend in the industry. People are starting to pull apart their risers and so far no one's really done it all the way until Bear did it, but Bear's done it so it's split down to the grip and then it splits down again. Mm. Right? So that's it's kinda I'm curious how all that works. Yeah, I'll check at, it out tomorrow. Yeah. And didn't g- see that. Yeah, Gearhead has a new bow too. Okay. That looks different than what they've put out. I haven't I haven't shot it yet, but uh, you know. Maybe maybe I should get you back on the bow shoot uh,
2: line again.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think we beat that horse.
2: <laughs> what about you, Garrett? I might try some electric bikes tomorrow. Yeah, ride them around a little bit. <laughs> now, other than doing it for fun tomorrow,
0: is this a, is this something that you would ever use?
2: I'm on the fence about it because a lot of the places that I would potentially be able to get really good use out of them are they're already outlawed. Okay. It's, it's explicitly, no electronic bikes. Yeah. Um, but there's other places that I could still use it. So it's like, could I just use a normal bike? Yeah, probably. I always have to deal with issues like when you're riding through weeds and stuff. Your chain gets all screwed up. I end up doing a lot of maintenance on my bike throughout the season when I end up using it. Yeah. So having a nice contained electronic system like that would be nice to have. You don't have to worry about the the pedals getting messed up as much and always picking grass out of the cogs yeah so there's definitely and obviously like the axe ease of access right going uphill going downhill Mm -hmm. sucks going uphill with bikes you end up almost having to just want to jump off and walk the thing up a hill yeah
0: i tell you what man i used to be like almost you know like i don't know make fun of them right ah, e-bikes right until you know i became (laughs) friends with adam parr and then he let me ride them. Oh man! Uh, and they are awesome. They're they're so much. First of all, they're so much fun. Oh
1: yeah, instant smile. I was yeah. just like,
0: woo! Yep. And then the the next thing is that I don't like. I don't even. Like, I'm getting older, <laughs> and like on my uh, on my Nebraska hunt out in the sand hills, just cuts everything in half. Right, and I honestly think that a deer would probably be more comfortable seeing me scoot by on that than just straight up walking. Yeah, you know. So, I
1: don't know. Hey, one, one more quick thing I wanted to yeah. bring up. Uh, we were talking about some, something being outlawed. Uh, this guy from this Buck Fever Synthetic Sense, yeah, was saying that uh, a lot of states are now outlawing natural, uh, like buckler or yep. doe. And he said that that's a huge trend and that pretty much you're going to be stuck with nothing but synthetic sense.
0: Is that because of fear of CWD?
1: He did not say that, but I bet that's where it's
0: probably going.
1: Yeah. Some fear mongering.
0: Yeah. I don't know. We have a a meeting. The three of us have, uh, we're going to be joining in or sitting in on a panel with QDMA and the National Deer Alliance um, tomorrow night tomorrow's friday right tomorrow night i believe uh friday night and uh we're gonna get uh i don't know i don't really know what it's 100 about i talked a little bit with um uh, lindsey thomas of the qdma today about what they're going to be you know what they're doing uh they're just basically getting media and press educated on more about the science behind cwd and what that is so when someone says what about this we can you know we can give them the right answer right so i think that's uh that's very important so we got they're coming to get you right i think so <laughs> god i sound like such a dad right there they're coming to get you dude <laughs> dad joke <laughs> yeah dad joke jesus all right we done what do you think we're done? You done you? all right well stay tuned for the next one thanks to all my partners and stuff bye